Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that goes to the cinema every week, sees three things in the cinema, sees three things at home, rates everything out of five, and then decides where our money has been better spent this week. My name is Tosin, and I am the host who has kept my two co-hosts waiting because I was at a Worcestershire Film Office event where they were talking about all the different things you can do to come and film in Worcestershire. So I was in the room with directors and producers and all that kind of stuff, which was it was pretty Ooh. it was pretty cool for it. especially with somebody who owns. There's a company in Worcester that owns one of the screens that they used to film the Mandalorian on. You know the sort of LCD screens or LED screens that are used for the backdrop. I actually I was in a room with one of these ones that they use for the Mandalorian, which they can make any backdrop and film in front of it and stuff. And the thing is unreal. It is unreal. But anyway, I have gone on. I, I, I'm I'm holding up again. Joining me as always from the Isle of Wight is Sharon Bolland. <laughs> Hello. And Sean Harris. Hello there. Yes, yes, but yeah, I've been I've been sort of like doing my whole thing of dipping into the film world and seeing all the toys people have to play with and going, ooh, ooh that's nice. So I actually got to touch one of those uh, Mandalorian LED walls that they that they use, and and honestly, as a piece of kit, it is like let me, let me put it this way: they've they've made a whole wall in this room, this thing. So it's a backdrop where people film in front of, and when you first walk into the thing, you would swear it was wallpaper. Or you would swear it was a painted wall. Or you would swear it was like a drape hanging down there. And then the cl- you walk closer to it, and you have to get quite close to it before you realize it isn't. It's actually just like, you know, a whole bunch of screens with tiny LEDs on it. It is, it is crazy. Absolutely crazy. But yeah, that's where I was, and that's why I held us up. But because of that, we probably don't have as much time as we usually do. But I'm just going to say quickly, so um, what have we been watching? In cinema, Sean. Okay, okay, so yeah, so um, I went to see uh, uh, The Greatest Days with Sharon yesterday, which I'm, I'm sure we'll have a lovely little discussion about that. We I'm went sure, together. I am, I am looking that. forward to this. I already have a massive <laughs> smile on my yeah. face. Um, I want to see what I Sean thinks about Take That musical, yeah. <laughs> I watched Flash last week. Um, yes. Um, and we saved it. And I also watched Hypnotic last week. So Yes. Um, that's... That, that's been out a little while, hypnotic. But those—that's what I've seen at the cinema recently. I was okay. going to go and see Indiana Jones yesterday, and then I thought, uh, no, I think I'll save it. So we've got something for next week. Yeah, week. yeah. We, uh, I, sure. I had almost the exact same thought. <laughs> I had almost the exact same thought. I was like, oh, go see Indiana Jones yesterday. I was like. And my, no, my thought was actually, it was, I'll save it. Oh, I'm sure Sean will see it. And so, but no, we'll keep it for next week because, hey, anybody who listens to this podcast knows we are not exactly a finger on the pulse. We're not exactly the kind of people who give you a reaction to the film five seconds after it's released. We'll, we'll let it percolate for a while. And then we'll talk about it after a couple of weeks. But um, all right, cool. What about at home? What have we got at home? Okay, well, I watched on Sky. On Sky, they've opened one one of the Sky Movie channels, you know, the, just the Sky yeah, normal yeah. stuff, was Frailty, and um, what was the other one? Uh, Paradise Highway. Paradise Highway. Paradise Highway, yeah. And you saw, right. but you, you've you also seen the new series of Black Mirror on Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I watched, because I love Black Mirror, I've, I've always liked Black Mirror, I think that's, that's like, such a good oh. series. So yeah, and it's, it was only like six episodes, so. And Sharon, you happened to, you, you managed to not see anything. Yeah. <laughs> You did the, you did the absolute reverse to what you did the last time. Where you, where you <laughs> this week you decided cinema, nothing at home. Nothing at home, cinema. 
cool cool you do you you do you all right cool so in that case and i was i've been watching a show called barry and it is it's a show called starred bill hader and i cannot review it because we have a rule on here that if you're going to review if you're going to review a show you've got to have watched the entire series or the entire season of the show that you're going to you're going to talk about now I wanted to talk about Barry as an as an entirety because it's only half hour episodes. There's only thirty two of them, and it just finished recently with season four. And I was watching this thing, going through them, going, "Oh, I'm going to finish it because they're only half hour episodes. They zoom by, and like you can just sort of like." So I got to the point where I ended up. I was like, "Okay, cool. I've got two more episodes. I should sleep. I should have a nap. I should come back." Had a nap. Oh, came back the next day. Couldn't find it anywhere. I found out that Sky had taken it off. Like Barry has just disappeared. <laughs> So seasons one to three. No warning. That's so crazy. I don't think that there was a warning because you know, like on Channel Four, Channel Four, they usually say five days left, two days left, and you yeah. can see it on there. And or if if you have it in your queue, it will tell you up and say last chance to see. I don't remember seeing anything that said there were only like you know five days left or anything like that. And I was watching it. I must have been watching it the day before it disappeared. Yeah. I just went under the next day and it was gone. <laughs> was gone so i am stuck with the the climax of this tv show i'm two episodes from it and i now oh, have no. to uh, yeah and, and, I'm, and they're saying oh you can still watch it if you pay two pounds fifty per episode i'm like get lost oh, thank you <laughs> so, that's so, that's not very nice is it it isn't very that's nice and, and it's unfortunate because it's quite a good it's quite a good show as well i think i think sean you quite like it it's about a it's about a hip man who decides he doesn't want to kill people anymore and he says he wants to become an actor in LA. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, it has uh, one. It stars Henry Winkler, otherwise known as the Fawns. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it stars it stars him. Or he's he's not the hitman, but he is the acting teacher in it. And he is <laughs> if you if you think of the Fawns as an acting teacher, he is that and then some. <laughs> Quite frankly. Right, okay. Yeah, is he so, really over the top, is he? Oh He's yeah! Really over the top. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is, plays a character called Jin Kusuno, and he he is he he's over the top. <laughs> he's so over the top, and it, and it's knowingly done. It's knowingly done. But I, but as I said, I cannot review Barry. I can review series one to three, but I wanted to review it the entire thing in its entirety. So I will try and find a way of watching the last two episodes and then come around. But let us kick off. Let us kick off with the Flash because the Flash is the film that. Well, nominally should be the big blockbuster, but apparently is not doing that well at the cinema, at the box office, for a variety of reasons. Some being the conduct of its star, some being I personally think DC and the way they've messed things up over the last ten years, and um, um and all that. But anyway, the Flash. This is the uh, what is the first? It's the well, the Flash, the superhero. It is his first outing on the big screen, I think. And you have this whole thing. This has been advertised largely based off the back of the fact that it has Michael Keaton back in it as Batman and all that kind of stuff. But Sean, tell us, tell us a little bit about what this is about. Tell us about what what you, the you premise of this say, is. Okay, so so yeah, this is the, the the Flash. You know, the Flash. He can go like he can whiz like so fast that he reckons he's going to be able to um, turn back time and save his mum. Yeah. So. That's, so it's because something happens, his mum mum gets killed. He thinks that he can go fast enough to change the world. Um, you know, which Superman way you think about it, it is a, is a very DC type thing. They keep they do in the original Superman movie. <laughs> they do, yeah. He yeah. sort of spins the world back the back the other way. Yeah. Anyway, so, so he goes back in time, 
but when he goes back in time, he ends up in, I suppose they've copied it from the multiverse, that so they'd call it the metaverse or whatever they call it, you know? Yes. So, and he ends, he ends up in, uh, and, and there's all those anomalies like the Terminator films where you're not supposed to, you know, if you meet each other, there's going to be trouble and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yep, yep. Don't and, medal, because uh, if you medal, you don't know what change you're going to make. Yeah. So you get medals and he ends up in this it's this one place and, and there's something now going on. He, he meets the old Batman, Michael Keaton from the, you know, and you, you, you've got like the Batman music and the Batcave and the, yeah, all yeah, the, yeah. the um, you know, and he sort of, Batman helps him out with what, one thing and the other. And then he, then he decides that he can't change time. And so he tries to go back and he tries to, to, and he goes back and everything seems right. And then something's <laughs> not quite right. And then. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then and then, oh my goodness me! Don't, don't um, give away what I think no, you I'm not might give away nothing. if I don't not, stop I'm, you. I'm not going to say nothing. So let's just say it's a flash movie. He tries to go back to save someone, um, and he causes havoc basically in many different places. Yes, um, and uh, you've seen it as well, haven't you? Yeah, I have seen it. seen it. I have seen it as well. Oh, I mean, I mean, the yeah, thing, the okay. thing is, like. If you have seen, if you've seen a lot of time travel movies, it's the, he goes back in, things change, blah blah blah. And I don't think at that from that point of view, there's a lot of stuff to um, to talk about. Really. Well, I think there's a lot. I don't think it's a lot that's new. No. I don't, I don't think that there's a lot that's new here. Uh, and the and the problem is with DC, all the DC characters, Superman, everything like that, Batman. Over the last ten years, I've gotten really, really cynical about them because. I feel like when you're watching the film, you can see what they are trying to do. You can you, you can almost sort of see the accountants in the background thinking, yeah. okay, if we do this, okay, maybe this will make it, or maybe this, or maybe this will make us catch up with Marvel. And and I feel like you can almost feel that in there, and you can feel that with this. The problem with this film is that they've already announced before this one was like, was released that they are wiping the slate clean. They're starting off a whole new thing. They've just announced that there's a new Superman who's been cast, who I think very good casting, by the way. But it's like they've announced that there's a new Superman who's been cast. So you know that this film is kind of like the end. And so all they're going to do, this film is at best going to be a fudge. For it's the last thing of a, of a world that no longer exists. But you know they're going to try and use the multiverse to try and say, oh, but here's the new age. And, 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 yeah. and so there's all these cynical things that they do in the film that I find it hard to deal with. I find it hard to deal with and I find it hard to... to enjoy or get past when i'm watching the movie i mean that being said it is one of the better dc movies i think that the whole thing when they have like you know the the flash and the, the two of them bickering with each other that kind of works for some bits the fact that you the fact that you have like an older an older barry allen and a younger barry allen that kind of works it's a it's it's good seeing michael keaton back even though they don't really do much with him and then yeah. there's a bit where they try and go back and it's almost it's almost like they try and retcon what has happened in the DC universe in the last 10 years. And they bring uh, Michael Shannon back as General Zord. They try and say something to do with the Superman movie, Man of Steel, and they try and do some timey-wimey stuff in there. It's, I wasn't really interested. I was, I was quite frankly, by the, time the, by the time we got to the end of the film, I was, I was sitting out there going, I could have been hanging out with my family. I, 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 <laughs> I could have been hanging out know, with my family. Do, do you know that... Ezra Miller, the flat, totally, I was, he irritated me. He just totally, 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 I could not stand his Wh voice. Which I one? I could not stand what he was doing. Which one are the I both of them? The both of them? The, yeah, yeah, both of them. I just, I, I, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just, it really, really grated on me. It really annoyed me. I thought, you stupid, 
I, I don't like him. I don't like him. Pose. I don't like the Flash. I didn't like him in the Justice League. I didn't like. I think he's. To me, he's not. I mean, in the comics, Barry Allen's like a lawyer and stuff, and a bit more. But oh, um, no, no, he's he's a he's a crime lab attendant. Crime lab, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I don't. Oh, he just. I cannot stand the man. I cannot stand the Flash. <laughs> Flash, okay, he's got to be the worst. He's he's. I know everybody moans about Aquaman, but hey. Flash in my books. The film Flash. The film Flash. The film this, Flash. This the film Flash, flash yeah. Uh, when I think but, of the Flash, because I haven't seen any of these things, I can't help but thinking of the boys when you have that super fast. Oh, yeah, yeah. A train. A train. A train. Yeah. A train. Doesn't he? And he, I'm like, explodes this person when he runs right through them. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like completely. And I, that's what comes through my head when I talk about the Flash. So I'm thinking of that. Yeah, it, it's very, di very different. It's, it's yeah, very, very different. He's like a, a sh I don't know, how would you explain him? Like a, a, a shy teen, adole awkward adolescent -y sort of. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the vibe I got. The ability, he, you know, that ability to move super fast. It's like, how do you avoid running through someone who's stood at the side oh, of the okay. road? Well, well, the, the, yeah. the way that they do it is, well, well, Dennis, there's a couple of things. Like, they, they've gone for, um, they've gone for, uh, an effect when the Flash is running in these Flash movies and the Justice League movies, they've gone for this effect of when he's running that I really don't like. I think it's stupid. I mean, the way the way he runs and everything like that, I think is dumb. <laughs> yeah, I know the kind of like you know, moving his fingers forward and it's I I, I really do not like it. I I I think I kind of because the whole idea is that it's not just that he's what they say is that it's not just just that he's running fast. Is that he's moving so quickly that everything else slows down. So, okay. so in in the Flash, the idea is that everybody's moving so slow that there's no way he would run past somebody because it would be like you know, yeah, hundred yeah, hundred meters down the road and you see a tortoise crossing the road. There's no way you're gonna hit that tortoise. <laughs> that's that's what it's like for the Flash. So that they everybody's moving so slow in comparison to him. And there's just things. Oh my! Oh my God! Oh, I just remembered. I just remembered. There's scenes in this where the that there's scenes in this that obviously computer generated you would expect that in a superhero movie but oh. the it's so bad so but the thing is that it's so that, that, bad that, 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 the bit if you're thinking of the bit that i'm thinking of as well which is uh, like, i think it's yeah, the bit where he, where, he goes sure. into, where he goes into the speed force and it's the way he so like travels through time and he gets to see all these different events that have happened in yeah. the film and in other films and everything oh like that god. and oh my god the, the, <laughs> it's, oh my it's god it's, it's hideous awful. the graphics are it looks like a cut scene i'm not sure if you guys know what that is like in video games so you, you play a you play a level in a video game and they have a bit where there's people who talk in the middle of it and it has all these sort of shonky graphics, but it looks like a cutscene. But not even from today, it looks like a cutscene from the early from the early two thousands. It's just and but the thing about it is that it, you feel like that was what they were going for, and I'm like, why, why, why were you going for that? That's just so bad. That just looks horrible. So yeah, and I just. Uh, there were some things I liked about it. There were some things uh, I am not as annoyed about um, as as Ramilla's performance as you are. Uh, I thought that I, I, I thought some things worked. It grated on me a lot. But but no but no for me it was more the storyline that that I was like. Th there's a whole bit about how the Flash gets his powers and where the way you do it. You're like hang on a second. If you could do it that easily, 
why didn't you just go and make a whole bunch more flashes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you could do it that easily. Yeah. Why did you just go like, you know, throwing throwing yeah. like chemicals on people and then zapping them? If if that's if it's that simple. Uh, so the the yeah, the film annoyed me. It made me think I could be spending time with my family. I do not know why I'm here. And it's Oh, and there's a bit at the end of the film. So I'm just looking through because my cousin Taiwo, who corresponds with the show every now and then, he sent me something about The Flash because he gets to go out of the house every now and then from his family and go watch a film. And he and he, he was kind of like, why is this tanking so much? It's like, this film isn't, this film isn't that. Like, he just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, 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 I'll read this out later, maybe next week, because I think I just flashed in my room for a while. But there's a bit at, towards the end of this film where they try and do... Like, okay, we spoke about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse a couple of weeks ago. And about how Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse seems to have these things where it has, like, you know, your whole wham-bang, thank you, ma'am stuff. But then it has these moments where it's actually kind of emotional. And you get to, like, you know, this point where it says, oh, this means something for what Spider-Man has been over the last while, what Spider-Man has been to everybody. And there's a bit in this film where they try and do that. And they try and do that. And it's almost as if they try and redeem the DC universe by saying, oh, look what we've done. And... Sean, you and I complain about the moment in Avengers Endgame where they try and say, look at how many women we have and how that moment sticks out. This moment is worse. It is so much worse. And it's like, what, I'm like, what the, what the, what the, okay, I, I see what you're trying to do here, but that's the problem. I see what you're trying to do. I'm not feeling it. It's not coming across no. as emotional. It's not, it's not running. And, and crucially, crucially, this is not a Superman film. So, so that's all I would say about that moment. But it just... That bit you're talking about was... was oh, my God. I was just was, thinking about now. I've got, I've got a visual picture of that. You know, the one that... Let's just, just say Superman, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Once that happened, I was like, no, 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 no. I, I am yeah. out. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I think I think this film, I think this film probably had enough that annoyed me. There were some things I actually quite liked. And I would think if I was going to rate this, it was just about, just about squeaks a three from me. Yeah, for, for me... Probably the same. I mean, I did like Michael Keaton. I, I did like the Michael Keaton. But Michael, even though it was good, it was good seeing Michael Keaton Batman, as an older like, Batman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I quite like that part. I quite liked that that little section of it, which was maybe a saving grace. Um, but I think what Sharon was saying about running through people that the best I've ever seen of someone really fast was was Quicksilver in the in the X Men film. In, in X Men: Days of Future Past. Yeah, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it because there you can actually see with, um, and I would have liked to have seen some of that, you know. Well, well anyway. the problem with it is that Quicksilver did it so well that yeah. that it did it so well that you go, okay, that is the way to do it. But now yeah. nobody else can do it. So, no. <laughs> so that is the way to, but not, because if you if you go and do it, people are just going to be like, oh, they're just copying what they did in X Men: Days of yeah, Future yeah, Past. Yeah. It's like, and, and that's why I think when they had Quicksilver in, in Avengers: Age of Ultron, they didn't even bother trying to do that. No. They didn't even no. bother because no. <laughs> it was like, sorry, that is the def even the they tried to do it in the next X Men movie, and you were like, oh, come on, you guys did this already in the last, uh, and it's just that's one of those things like. We've, so and they do something. They try and do something similar with babies, hospitals, and a microwave at the beginning of this film. 
yeah. yeah, they tried to do something. Yeah, <laughs> Sharon's yeah, face. Yeah, Sharon's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They tried to do something. There's a scene that has to do with babies, yeah. hospitals, and a microwave. And it's. Microwave, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and they tried to do something. And and, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I would say, well done to them for trying that. Well, because <laughs> I know that I think it's a problem if you have a film with a speedster. X-Men Days of Future Past is there and you can't just copy that but at the same time you've got to do something. So I, that was actually a scene in which I was like, okay, they've done something there. Well, cool. It's not Days of Future Past but hey. Um, the next best one is probably Sonic but, <laughs> but never mind Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay, let us go away from the Flash. Let's go away from the Flash and very soon we'll see what's going to happen with DC with our new Superman and Lois Lane, David Cornswitz and Rachel, Rachel Brosnahan. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Anyway, let's go over to Netflix and Friends. And Netflix with Black Mirror season... What was this? Four or five? Six. Season six. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. good Lord. Black Mirror yeah. season six. So, Sean, you saw this. How many episodes do we have in this episode, in this season of Black Mirror? Uh, six. Six. <laughs> okay. Yeah, six. They made it nice and yeah. simple. Made it nice and simple. So, obviously, Black Mirror anthology show. Each episode has to do something with technology and how things go on. Just, uh, it's, it, I expect that it's always difficult talking about a uh, season of Black Mirror because you kind of go all over the place. But Sean, go ahead, tell us about this. Okay, well, well you've got six, six episodes. This is one of those ones really would nice to be. You know, sometimes we go through episode through episode. So I just yes. go through them yes. really, really quick. Um, so episode one, Joan is awful. This, there's, there's some people at work that have done that and they said, oh, Dawn is awful. And they were saying so-and-so is awful. So this is basically where... Um, she works for a company, but the company have got everything about her. And then this reality show comes up. Joan is awful. And, yeah. um, but then they got Selma Hayek playing another one. And then it's got Selma is awful. And it's like this. Okay. So this, uh, and they go and see lawyers and they're saying, Oh, surely we can't, we do that. And that, and there's like this big thing that says, no, nope, you signed your way away. And so, so basically you've got Selma Hayek and this Joan trying to, to find someone else. And then, you know, trying to, find what's going on yeah so that, that's the first episode that's that's really good I'll, I'll, I'll do each of the episodes and then we we can do it and then and then you've got the next episode second one's lock henry and this is this is great like a this is a couple uh they, they're trying to make a video of sort of you know make themselves famous and they go up to scotland to meet the, the bloke's mum and the bloke's yep. mum's really demure and oh yeah nice to be into that and then they investigate this murder that's supposed to have happened and like the local police and all that sort of stuff. And that's, um, I, I really enjoyed that one. That was a great episode, a great, great twist to that one. Great, great okay. twist to that one. And then you got the, the next episode is um, like these men in space, a bit like, but they've got lives downstairs. So they're up in space. They, they live in a spaceship, but they can go. There was a film called Surrogates. I don't know if you ever saw it with, yeah, with yeah. Bruce Willis, where yeah, they right. go back and, and something happens to one of the, the, the astronauts' wives, and he's like really upset and all that. So he sort of shares. The other astronaut says, "Oh, well, you're a mate, so we, you can share mine if you like." And they go and Ooh. see. And so yeah, so that causes a few rifts and ruts. That's Ooh. quite a good one. <laughs> and then you've got um, Maisie Day. This is like an actress that that is really neurotic, really, and some. They want to find what happens to her because she sort of disappears. She goes into rehab, and you've got these young journalists, these sort of people, like YouTube people, that want to 
actually find out what happened. So they, they break into this house to try and find out where she lived and stuff. That's pretty good. And then you've got Demon 79, which um, is Demon 79. This, this, uh, they like, summon a demon from, and this like, takes place in okay. the 90s. And this, this demon gets summoned. So that, that's a bit um, different for a Black Mirror episode because it's usually technology as opposed to something supernatural. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, that one's... So, those are the episodes you've got. Um, and I would say that probably my favourite episode would be, which I would give... I'm going to write these down so then you get them. This is, I mean, some people may differ. It'd be great. So, we're going to give Lock Henry four. Yep. Uh, I'm going to give Joan is Awful four. Yep. I'm going to give Maisie Day... Three Beyond the Sea, three Demon Seventy Nine, four. Um, so I got much of that one. I got one missing there. I? Yeah, you, you've got one missing. We've only got we've only got three. Uh, we've only got, got five. Got, um, there, there must only be five episodes in. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so we've got what we got. We've got twelve, eighteen divided by five. What's that, I, Toast? I am getting that for you right now. That's three, three point six. Point, 3.6, okay, so I guess, with, so, yeah, um, 3.6 then, I don't know if you're going to allow us sixes, we'll call it, we'll call it, on the whole, we'll call it a four, okay, we'll round it up, we'll round up, and we'll go four, I'll, I'll give this, the whole series on a whole a four, I think, because it was there with, Joan is awful, it's really good, Lock Henry's really good. Yeah, so, yeah. I, so, I've heard stuff about, about Joan is awful, that it's, it's weird, because it's a show on Netflix, made by Netflix, that seems to be making fun of Netflix. Yes, <laughs> because yes, yes. yeah, because Joan is awful. The 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 TV company that she works for is pretty much Netflix, and they and they make yeah, a they, they make, call it, they, they, call make it, a, they make they a show it. about based on her life or something. I think they call it like straw, Streamberry. Streamberry or something. Streamberry, Streamberry. Yeah. and that runs that does actually run through some of the other episodes. So so there is you know that that sort of turns up in a a couple of other episodes. So yeah, no, very clever. I like Black Mirror. I've I, I liked most of the series i think really you've seen a few haven't you toes i'm sure oh, i've seen everything but the but this final one i've seen everything but this final one and i think uh, black mirror i think the last season they only had three episodes and yeah they, they they were good but they were a bit less focused than i thought that the earlier ones were like the earlier yeah. ones was kind of like central idea brilliant idea focused yeah. idea now we're going to tell you what happens when this idea goes in all sorts of different ways and all that kind of stuff then obviously as they went longer and as they got more money as the Netflix money came in they went a bit but I still think that my favourite is still Hang the DJ Hang the DJ I think is a brilliant episode that's the one that's the one with the dating app yeah yeah I know the one you mean yeah, there's, the one with the... there's more there's, there's some really good ones I remember I think there's 10 million credits which is like the, the... That, yeah that's the second ever episode with Daniel Kaluuya yeah, yeah? but um, yeah as I say I think I think this I would say this is more along the horror lines rather than the techie yeah. lines. This yeah. is this is more like a lot more to do with with horror and thriller rather than techie stuff. Yeah. All right. Cool. So that is all in all. I'm I'm going to put down your your average three point six three point three point six out of five stars for Black Mirror season six, which is a recommendation from Sean. He thinks Char- Charlie Brooker still got it. And now. <laughs> And now, because of everything that's going on in Sharon's life and the fact that Sharon has found out that it was running a social experiment this week in which she was trying to see whether you could really get paid for playing video games on your phone. 
<laughs> which means that, sh that a lot of our shows have become Sharon sitting there very, very nicely and politely and quietly every now and then asking a question for the one time in the show where she gets to talk about something <laughs> she's seen. So, <laughs> so this is it. This is your moment, Sharon. Greatest days. Tell us all of our greatest days. Greatest days, yes. It is. Uh, it uses the music of Take That. So Take That are never mentioned in the film. Yep. It just uses, it's like Mamma Mia. It uses the music of ABBA without referencing ABBA. Anyway, so it's, that's the basic premise. But it starts off with a, a woman who is in her 40s. She's a nurse. And she's in a happy relationship. And she's a nurse in a, the, a, their children's ward in a hospital at the NHS. And she enters a radio competition. And I work for the NHS. And they have a radio. We have the radio on in our office. And there's a, there's a radio competition nearly every day. And yeah. there's always someone in the office who enters it, and you have to answer the phone and say, make me a winner, or something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this is a lady who's entered once, she's in the hospital, she's entered this competition, and it's to go and see her teenage favourite band at their reunion tour in Athens. And so Ooh. she enters the competition, and to my surprise, she actually wins. And she it wins for her, and... There's four, there's, a, there's four tickets up for grabs so her and three friends can go to this uh, reunion concert. And so she goes to go, and so she enters this competition, she wins, and then she thinks, ah, the three people I really want to go with me are my friends who were obsessed with this band when I was at school. And then you see her flashback to her teenage years and how she used the music of this band. They became her almost like imaginary friends. Um, because she had an abusive, her, her father was abusive, her home life was destructive. So she sort of lost herself in their music yeah. and sort of like the fantasy of their videos. And they used, they definitely actually used the videos of Take That, um, but with this other band, other actors playing the band. <laughs> so you see that there's the Prey video where they're on the beach and they're wearing like, like the white clothes and the shirts open and blowing. And All I do is that is pray. Yeah. and all that and you see them but it's not the take because you first you see the video you're going is it really take that and then it's, it does a close up and it's like it's not them <laughs> so it's actors playing them and then you see her that when she's like making the dinner one evening she's like dancing they're basically dancing with her they sort of like pick her up and they swing around and they basically it takes her away from her world that she's in I actually, her... I actually, actually really like that as a device I really like that as yeah. a device so yeah, they just, they just like come into her kitchen and they're like dancing with her. And it's just like, yeah, she's like using them as this escape. And her four best friends at school, the four best friends at school, uh, basically share that obsession. And they're basically, the whole of their teenage lives is around this, they have to go to this concert to see the band in Manchester. They all live just outside of Manchester. Um, what was the name of the place there in Sean, is it? Clitheroe. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, Clitheroe. Yeah, Clitheroe. Clitheroe Radio Station. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Clitheroe. Yeah, that's. that's yeah, the place. so they yeah well they live this life and <laughs> there's there's a group of friends. They're all from sort of different backgrounds. There's like the studious one who's they're destined to go to university and she's really studying and she's like very focused about her life. There's the sort of like blousy, slightly slutty one who's really into boys and she's really to glamour. She looks, you know. She's all about her looks and about her persona. She's really sort of larger than life. There's a sporty one who's a diving champion who um, is, they, they think she's destined to be an Olympic star. 
there's the scary one, there's, there's the posh one, there's the, yeah. there's the baby one. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one is, um, she's really creative. She's going to be like a, she wants to be a dancer. She, you know, yeah. she choreographs all their moves and she's going to be a star. And so all of them have their, their role to play. And the, but they're like their best friends, they're like this bond. And then you jump forward again to where she is when she's just won this competition. And it, it becomes clear that she's lost track of her friends. And there's an event that happened that we find out what this event is, but there's an event that happened that basically shattered them all in different ways. Yeah. And as they sort of, they decide, the three, the three of them decide that they are going to go uh, with her on this holiday. Um, yeah. And then you find out what happened to the one who isn't there. And, but through the songs and through this music, you see them basically um, through rediscovering their teenage selves, they discover who they are now. And so it's about that, that journey yeah, yeah, of yeah. by rediscovering yourself, you discover yourself. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, yeah. So, it, so far, so what I would have expected. Yeah. And it just uses the music, but it uses the music in quite creative ways. And, you know, they sort of, they all sort of sing, dance, jump about, and it's sort of a likable cast. Okay, so, okay, okay, but okay, Sharon. Before we go into to talking a bit more critically and everything like that, I'm actually curious. <laughs> what was your relationship with Take That? I didn't yeah. have one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, did you ever? Were you ever in that stage of life where you had a boy band where you were like, "Yay!" It, yes, I absolutely. Um, but it wasn't a boy band because I predate boy bands. Okay, um, mine was Adam and the Ants. I grew as a as a that was the first time I ever noticed anything other than that's the first time I sort of sat up and noticed Top of the Pops and actually actively watched Top of the Pops was when Adam and the Ants came and I had Adam Ant pictures all over my walls I had the albums I I once as a fancy dress with the white stripe of paint across my nose oh yeah and yeah so I lived for Adam and the Ants when I was a teenager and then oh, I moved on to um, David Coverdale and Whitesnake. And so all the Dave, all the white, all the Adamant posters came down and David Coverdale <laughs> went back up again. That's so I cool. became obsessed with David Coverdale. Okay, because I, I don't, I, I don't know whether it's just because obviously I grew up in Nigeria and we were not big into putting posters up on our walls, probably because our parents would have beaten us or because like, what the, you're, you're ruining my paint. So, so it's, but so, so, and also I was also at that point where I was like, you know, teenage boy, oh, boy bands are rubbish. Boy bands are, boy bands, they just make money off screaming girls who are too young for them to go out with. And that, that, that was kind of like my thoughts. And it wasn't even until, you know, the film Stardust, the film yep. Stardust came out and Take That had the song Rule the World, which was on the soundtrack of, take, of, of that film. That was when Take That had the comeback. And it come and you watch. It was weird because you watch Stardust. You watch Stardust, and you're like, "Great film!" And then it finishes, and then this song comes up, "You Light." And I was like, "Oh wow, okay, good. That that's a good song. Who who did that song? Take take that. Oh, oh, maybe maybe they maybe they're actually not rubbish. Maybe they're not maybe they're not entirely rubbish. So yeah, okay. So, so that was it. So that was your thing with the film. It, I think it's what you expect. You 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 mentioned Mamma Mia, and I think that's what they're kind of going for in this film. Yeah. I actually forgot that Sean actually watched this film as well. So Sean, <laughs> Sean, Sean, quickly before Sean gives us what, her, her verdict, what was your experience okay, yeah, of watching this film? Give you my quick verdict because, as I say, I, I did have a few things to say about this. I remember asking Sharon. I said, "So who's who, Sharon? I mean, take that and Westlife. I, that's only today. Of, yeah. yeah, I found out that that 
Ronan Keaton was in Boyzone, not in Westlife. I was thinking, am I right or not? Well, you, 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 you are right. You are right. Years, but, but, but all these it, years, I thought Westlife. Uh, but no, anyway, no, no, no. But, but then yeah. it's, it's it's easy to make that because Ronan Keaton sort of formed Westlife. He was their manager for a while, and Westlife uh-huh. were obviously set up to be a boy's own clone. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, but Westlife were a clone of boy's own. So it's, I think the Ronan Keaton was in Westlife thing is, is an easy mistake to make. But anyway, back to that. I, I, I was surprised how many songs I recognized in this. There was just quite a few. I mean, there were some covers. I got to say, there were some covers, the two Tavares covers from the, from the 70s, which, but um, well, probably no, three. That coverage as well. Could it yeah. be magic? But um, yeah, take that those because they were proper take that songs, weren't they? I mean, yeah. was was that actual was this band on the screen singing them or were they actually was it actually dubbed? Do you think? No, was I that? think it was the band on the screen singing them. It didn't sound oh, exactly okay. like take that, but right. OK, well, so, yeah. So but 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 um, yeah, I mean, I was quite surprised. I, some of the the scenes where you're saying like when the first bit before he goes younger there's a bit where they're coming out the cupboards i didn't really like that one and i i, I was like thinking hmm, that but after as the film went on i started to quite enjoy it and i quite you know I, I enjoyed quite a lot of the songs um and sharon was was uh telling me all about yeah they were videos so, so i reckon she must have seen a bit of that when, when i'm they aware were of it culturally i mean i wasn't a fan of that they were just, I was literally too old for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I reckon, I reckon, I would recognize a, I would recognize a take that video homage if I Could saw it. Could it be magic now? <laughs> now I like that one. Now, anyway, um, so what I was going to say as well, yeah, just to, really quickly is, yeah, Adam and the Ant was cool. I, I've actually, I actually won a fancy dress competition representing that because I used to do Civil War enactments. I had like a cavalry jacket yeah. and, and I buy war with the stuff and that and I'm, I remember winning a bottle of whiskey at this I don't know what can't remember it was somewhere in the land. anyway got a long story short I'll give you a hundred thousand million imaginary points if you can tell me what sort of posters I had on my wall on your wall what, at what age when I went to teenage uh, sorry teenage so early teenage so my, my teenage years Barbarella <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a clue. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were talking music. You thought you were talking Lee. music. Okay, so no, yeah, no, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bruce okay. Lee. Bruce Lee. Okay, I'll write Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee and a big post of Easy Rider, I remember. Oh, and, yeah. and I even had, I managed to get a cinema, probably worth something now. I had a Star Wars poster and an Assault on Precinct 13 poster where he's coming out. But anyway, sorry yeah. about that. Aggress, like okay. I always do. Okay, the film. Okay, so, 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 yeah, the film, yeah, Sean, you're going to say. Three stars for me. Three stars. I, I I quite enjoyed it. I was pleasantly surprised. Sharon. Yeah. I think I think there's a lot to like. I liked the cat. That all the characters were were likable. Um, they were relatable in many ways. About how you look back and you think, how has 25 years gone since that? <laughs> when I was that age. And when you think you think, I could, yeah, you think back like to, most people have had like an endless summer. Where they had like a, a, a summer when they were like with their mates all the time. They were like yeah. out and about. And they were doing yeah. fun stuff. It was just like uh, one. You don't remember anything other than like an end of summer. And you think, how was that twenty years ago? It just seems unbelievable. So that oh, sense nice. of nostalgia about it, yeah, was really effective. Looking back at childhood friends, really effective. I've got some friends who are still in contact with who I went to school with. My mum, her best friend from school, is still her best friend today. Yeah. So they're nineteen eighty nine, and they were they met when they were nine and ten years old. 
<laughs> and they've been friends the whole time. So that sense of sort of these friendships that endure and how you lose track of friends, that really was like resonated as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's quite good. But I did think sometimes the balance between the nostalgia and the current sort of a slightly off kilter, they had sometimes a bit too much time as their teenage selves. And then, yeah, they, they sort of didn't quite, they didn't quite get that balance right. Uh, like, get on with the story. Enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, yeah, that's fine, but you're signposting a little bit. We know something's going to happen, and you're you're signposting a little bit now that we can probably guess exactly what happened without you showing it to us. So when it, the big reveal, you're thinking, well, I probably could have told you what happened. <laughs> <Bad> <laughs> way. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it, but again, I like Sean. I would probably give it a three because uh, yeah, enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun, but I think it's one of those films that give it a couple of years, and we would have probably forgotten about it. So, so could it be magic now? Maybe seems to be the verdict. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fun, but it's it's not going to be an enduring classic. Yeah. Well, yeah, apart from those who are like diehard take that fans. Okay, cool. So now we go down to Netflix. Go back over to Netflix, and I'm going to talk about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. So this is a film that won the Oscar this year for the best animated movie, and it is um, it is the Pinocchio story again, but it is the Pinocchio story given a stop-motion Guillermo del Toro feel to it. So if you... Um, so we know Guillermo del Toro. He's, he's directed films like... I think Pan's Labyrinth is probably the one that's probably the peak Guillermo del Toro feel on the whole thing. And this is... If, if you imagine Pinocchio made stop-motion, but imagine the art direction of Pan's Labyrinth in a Pinocchio movie. That's kind of... You're getting close to what this film is. So you have Pinocchio, this, this film, and I, I must show because I've never actually read the original Pinocchio story. Has any of you ever read it? Not really, no. no I, just, um, I mean, there was that film that came out a few years ago, wasn't there? It was it was like lockdown, wasn't it? Just after lockdown that we stopped. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. because the, the first of an Italian Pinocchio. But with this Actually, one, yeah. it starts off with, it starts off with the, the story is narrated by, by uh, he isn't called Jiminy Cricket. He's called something else Cricket. Uh, something, he has like an initial, something P Cricket. In this voice by Ewan McGregor, and you have Ewan McGregor voice voicing this character, uh, voicing the cricket, and he's telling you the story of Pinocchio. But it starts off telling you the story of Geppetto, and Geppetto, how Geppetto had a son called Carlo, and how um, during the Great War, during the Great War, Geppetto loses Carlo, and then that's what forces, that's what makes him go and carve Pinocchio because he's trying to recreate Carlo. And then this, this, um, it's not, it, it's, it, it's not, it's not even a fairy. It's actually more like I think though it's been described as a biblically a biblically accurate angel because you know how people have these ideas of angels of wearing white robes or being like d naked babies with tiny wings that my wife says could not physically carry that baby because th those wings are too <laughs> tiny but when you yeah. actually read like you know a biblical a biblical definition of an angel it's a scary monster like it has wings it has four wings with eyes all over the wings and that's what they do in this they do like a biblical like that that's what they give and that's what gives um Pinocchio his life and it's a little bit dark because it's set during fat it's, it's set in Italy during a fascist Italy and there's and all of a sudden all these people see Pinocchio and they see all these sort of different things. You have the Volpe character who is like, I could make money off him. It's a puppet with no strings. And then you have this guy who is in the town who's like, wait a second. They're, because they have this whole thing where Pinocchio, obviously he's eternal because he's not human. He's made of wood. He's not, not going to die. So this guy immediately goes, this could be the best soldier ever. We can just fill the battlefields with, with this guy. He could he could work for... And they even have... Like, like with this way, Mussolini is a character in this film. 
Mussolini is a character in this film, which is kind of like, which I think goes with a lot of Guillermo del Toro things. Like, even Pan's Labyrinth is set during, in, is set in sort of like fascist Spain with General Franco and all that kind of. He has these yeah. themes that keep coming back about like battling against authority and trying to find your individual, individuality in the middle of them. And they all keep coming up. So, this is a Pinocchio film like I haven't seen any other Pinocchio film before. There are some things that are in it, like, you know, how you have Monstro, the big. The big fish that swallows them. There is a whole series of things that are in them. But this is the first time I've ever seen Monstro swimming around a, sw- uh, a sea that has, li- that has, like, you know, sea mines in it. Like, you know, sort of like, you know, World War II type sea mines in it. Wow. And so it's, it's, it's different. It, there's times when you're watching it and you, you, you have to remind yourself of stop motion. You have to remind yourself that this was actually stuff that they were moving little by little because it's so smooth that you would swear it was computer generated. <laughs> it's so smooth, that, but and, uh, I think I think the design is great. The, some of the ideas are really really cool about the whole thing. This is probably the only film which you're going to cat, which you're going to find Kate Blanchett voicing a monkey, and this is not a monkey that talks. This is a monkey. <laughs> wow. A monkey voiced by Kate Blanchett. So I really liked that. I thought it was really, really good. I thought it was Gulotomo doing his thing, playing around, doing things. It's a Pinocchio thing like I haven't seen before. I would give it four out of five stars. And it's um and even though even though it's a good and I'd heard people say about this thing before, oh, I don't I'm not sure it's for kids. I showed it to my two year old daughter, loves it. And it's now the only <laughs> version of Pinocchio she's ever seen. So <laughs> and she's like, Pinocchio, Pinocchio, pointing at the screen when it comes over the Netflix, like, Pinocchio. So I'll give it four out of five and I would recommend uh, uh, when you can find space amongst all the million of other things you need to watch. I would say yeah. this, this is a version of Pinocchio that's well worth your time. So four stars oh. for Del, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Right. Excellent. And now we go back to cinema and we are going to talk about Hypnotic. This is a film starring Ben Affleck, directed by Robert Rodriguez, that has disappeared. Which should tell you something. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty much disappeared from cinemas. I saw this a little while ago. Um, obviously, we like uh, we like Rodriguez, the director. I do anyway. Um, yeah, so he's done some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But this story, so um, Ben Affleck's like a, a detective, and uh, he's had his, his he's lost his daughter. And, and he's in therapy and they go, you get a few flashbacks and things like that. And then he witnesses a bank robbery with someone else where these security guards just kill each other. Just um, and, and as he investigates more, apparently there's this, this secret thing where people are really, really good at hypnotic and by suggestion they can make people do stuff. They just sort mm-hmm. of say, you know, like shoot each other or just do this, do this. So he investigates more and then he finds this, this other this, this hypnotic that it's like a, a um, you know, like she runs a shop, like a tarot shop, and tells the future and things and stuff, um, and sort of teams up with her, and she can use the hypnosis thing. Um, and basically, so it's just him investigating, and he, it's a bit like some other, but they can also reset. He, 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 it's, it's, it's difficult without giving too many spoilers. It, it, well, um, yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you what this reminded me of. It was a bit like, do you remember a film called Jumper? Jumper, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. Jumper. Where yeah, so, so, yeah, like that. 
Yeah, have you well, seen we, this? Have you seen this though? Oh no, I haven't seen this film, but I've no, heard no, of it. I've heard it, of it. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it seems like it's almost kind of like you know how they had Jumper with they were like, there's this secret society of teleporters who've been here this whole time, and then yes. it's kind of like diving into this thing and you find out, oh, this person can do this, this person can do that, this person can do that, all through the eyes of somebody who doesn't have that ability. And it sounded like they were trying to do something like that, but with like the, the essentially these guys are like hypnotizing superheroes and super, super villains and it and it's supposed to be like a cat mouse game where he's, that's what it sounded like to me when i when i heard the synopsis for this film that's it yeah basically that's it yeah and so by suggestion they can make people do stuff even good people that are decent people you know they can make oh i'll drive your motorbike through that through that wall or something or yeah so you know also scanners scanners we're going to do this the scanners way yeah um so basically it's it's this story of him investigating well investigating this 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 sort of hypnotic division um there's also the, the bit with his daughter that, that is because his daughter disappeared his daughter got snatched and all that yeah but i can't really give any spoilers on that but that is there is something like that's, okay that's something to do with the whole that's something to do with the uh, that's the intriguing bit that's something to do with the whole do we say the whole movie is as as it runs through Okay, um, okay, do you remember okay, cool. that movie called Memento? Remember that movie called Memento? Yeah, I remember Memento. I remember yeah. Memento. So, so all this starts. So, well, Ben Affleck's doing all this as the investigator. He keeps getting these things that like jog his memory, shall we say? So he's he's obviously yeah. set things up so that and and it works that way so that and yeah. So it's a quite a novel little twist at the end. Um, I didn't think it was. I know I said we had a bit of a bad press, isn't it? I think I believe so. Yeah, I've, from, I've heard nothing but people saying this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad, um, but then I'm, you know me, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of an odd bod when it comes to liking, liking yeah. things people don't like. But anyway, yeah. so yeah, I, I didn't think this was too bad, Toast. I've got to be honest. I I thought it was quite good. I quite enjoyed the twist at the end. Um, for me, I would give this another three stars. This would be a three star one for me. Got pigeons on your roof. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure, yeah. sure whether you guys can hear them. No, I can't hear the pigeons, but I was just thinking. You know, what thing is because okay, so for those who just listen to the audio of this, I have I have moved into a log cabin and I record the podcast from a log cabin in my garden, and I never realized that pigeons on the roof of a log cabin can sound like somebody is trying to break in. <laughs> they can they sound like and so so I, they, it sounds you like somebody's dragging a body around up there and, and I'm, I'm like it's got to be a pigeon that's the only thing but it's just walking around on the roof of this thing and it, yeah. it's so loud <laughs> you, you need you need a, to get yourself a little model of an owl and stick somewhere and just stick yeah. that up there and then you, they won't bother you because the trouble is what will happen is you'll have all that guano and stuff up there if you're not careful yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah roof, so. I, th- I think that, think that I think that's already happening. I think that's already happening. Right, uh, that's probably why, that's probably what I can hear. That's probably what's la- that's hitting my roof, <laughs> making it <laughs> with the with the force of a, b- a body being dragged. It's just a pigeon crapping all over my roof. <laughs> okay, so anyway, now let's go. Let's go over to we go back to Skygo, and this is Sean. Is you again? And this is frailty. And I decided to of the things you watched, I decided to go with frailty, mainly because this was this is this was directed by Bill Paxton. It was directed by Paul Paxton, who is most like he's known for what's his, what's the character's name in Alien? Hudson. Hudson. Deal with it, Hudson. Yeah, yeah. Like, game over, man. Game over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think I think Bill Paxton, quite frankly, is one of those unsung heroes of cinema who 
was rarely ever bad in anything that he did. Didn't really he was get in Predator Two, wasn't he? Predator Two and the Storm Chasing film. Yeah, in Twister. Uh, yeah, Twister, Twister. Twister is probably one of his few. I think it's probably his only blockbuster lead role that he ever got, where he where, where it was like his name's on the thing above the poster, anything like that. But he was in Apollo thirteen. He was in loads of stuff. He were all the way going back all the way to Weird Science. Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah. And he was in the Terminator. He was in Terminator. He's yeah, one of the guys the that. Goes, one of the hey, guys. this guy's a couple of cans short of a six pack. Yeah, he was one of. The, he's one of the dudes <laughs> who first <laughs> encounters <laughs> encounters Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> yeah. in the original Terminator <laughs> movie. So, yeah, and, so and so yeah, and I, and he died a couple of years ago, and I think yeah. Frailty was one of the last things that he did. He managed to finish directing this before he died, and um, I Bill Paxton is one of those actors who I have a soft spot for. Like if the, if Bill Paxton was in something. I'm going to give it a chance. So when you said that you watch Frailty, and I never actually got to watch it, I was like, okay, yeah, let's do this because um, I, I I just want to hear about what he did, what his, his sole directorial debut before he died. So what is Frailty about? How is it? Okay, so Frailty, um, uh, Bill Paxton is he's a, a father of two kids. The, the mother's died, so he's, it's just his two kids he's bringing up, and he decides that he's 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 very religious, and he decides that he's been given a calling mm-hmm. by by God to or by an angel, not God by God, by an angel to kill people, the demons. But they're demons, they're demon people. So he um he, he gets people and basically chops them up with an axe and um and, and buries them and he gets his two sons to go along with it. Well one of the sons is like, you know, this isn't happening and all that and he goes, Yes, yes, I'm doing the right thing. This is what I've been told to do, this is what I've been called to do. I'm getting rid they're all demons. I've been told who the demons are. And um, he goes all so he tries to run away. This older older kid, and he goes and sees the sheriff, and he says to the sheriff, "All oh, this is what's going on." And of course, because it's a small small town, they go, "Oh, you're lying in that." And he takes him back home. Yeah, takes him back to his dad. Yeah, takes him back to his dad, and his dad makes him build this big. He said, "Right, I want this. I want you to dig a big hole, twenty five by twenty five, and that." And they, so he does over this over the few days, and then they, they they put a hatch over it where they take the people to chop up, take the demons to chop up. Um, and oh yeah, uh, this whole this is this story is being told by um, uh, this an FBI sort of he's, he's talking to an FBI investigator. Yeah, he's, he's being interviewed by the FBI and telling them okay. So yeah, so that type of thing, and um, so yeah, so that's basically the story. He sort of kills people, and and then some things happen, and one of the brothers well both of the brothers or that's basically what it is he's been told to kill (laughs) demons and um he dies and one of the brothers doesn't want to be involved and one of the brothers the younger brother does sort of really believe it and thinks he's gonna continue the work but um yeah terrific twist at the end terrific twist really really like wow okay that i mean i didn't normally i'm quite good at seeing things like that and i i really didn't see that one coming um which was 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 really good. And uh, oh, um, who else is in this? Bill Paxton and who's that? There's a um, who's the guy? Who's the guy? Oh, that was in oh yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, yeah. So so he's in it as well. So um, and uh, yeah, so, it's, it's, so, you get Matthew McConaughey from that. <laughs> oh, uh, oh I don't no, know. because that's no. that's that's what he does in the Wolf of Wall Street. Wall Street. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, 
And also he was in Killer Joe, wasn't he? He was also in Killer Joe. He wasn't Killer, Killer Joe, Joe, yeah. 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 Um and a few and lots of other stuff as well. Lots of man. other things, yeah. I just didn't yeah. get that tapping on the <laughs> chest. I mean a reference, sorry. God, toes even remember the music, so <laughs> <laughs> So okay, so obviously it's so it sounds like it's quite I mean, from from what you've said there, that synopsis, and I may be wrong here, but my mind immediately goes to like, you know, oh, Southern Pot Boiler, where it's all about the, like, it's going to be about the relationships between different people. It's going to be about the, it's going to be about the tension and everything like that. And, um, or, or no. But so, but what do you think about it? Yeah, well, well that, it basically is the two boys and Bill Paxton that, that, um, that, 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 that's what the story evolves around and them actually killing these people. Um, and is the dad trying to get him to to do stuff as well? One doesn't, one does. There's a bit of a conflict there. And anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean, I I quite enjoyed this. To be, I've got to be honest. I, I I thought this was this was this was quite a good good effort. And if it was, it was I thought it was well directed. Um, quite tight, quite tight. I enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I would have to give this. Would I give it? A, no, I don't think I could quite give it a four. I think it's going to have to be a, just a solid three. I think, but yeah, yeah. So I give. It, yeah i I mean i heard heard it was one of those things where people you know however whenever an actor dies or someone like that dies or someone in the film industry dies and there's all these things that are written about them and the 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 line that was trotted out a lot was like frailty made us said made us think that oh what what else could we have had from bill paxton that he could have given us more either it was for his for, for someone who was making his directorial debut there, there was enough in there to say, oh, I want to see what else this guy's going to do. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, as I say, it was a, it was a solid three. So I, I, I enjoyed it, and I quite enjoyed the twist. And I'm really annoyed myself I didn't see it. <laughs> you know, now if I ever watch Frailty, I'm going to be sitting down there going, I've got to figure it out. Sean didn't get it. I've got to get it. I've got to get it. I've got to, <laughs> yeah. I've got to get it. What is it? What is it? What is it? And I, oh, I'm going to end up having I'm like a conspiracy, conspiracy theory wall with red string everywhere, and I'm going to have like a hundred different ideas of what it could be. And you know, one of them is going to be right, and I'm going to be like, yeah, 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 I figured it out. I figured it out. It was one of my one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> all right cool so all that's left to say is first of all thank you you guys for for waiting for me while i went and helped not with people in the film industry um thank you for waiting for me to actually record this but now who do we think has won netflix or cinema this week i think probably netflix with a 3.6 annual four so i think yep. i think netflix yep. friends. there's no i mean it, it hasn't been a bad week it's been a three threes all across nothing below a three so three is all across the board in the cinema, so it hasn't been a bad week. But it's funny how, you know, um, they're talking about the box office for The Flash being rubbish, quite frankly. And um, how c- cinema, not, not cinemas, but studios, studios have started doing this stupid thing of, you know, okay, we know we, we I think we officially hate the Fast fast franchise now. We hate what the Fast <laughs> franchise is now. We hate what it's become. Um, but even Fast X, which you know you expected was going to be the big blockbuster of the year, it was released, and within three weeks you could buy it at home to watch on <laughs> on your TV. You could yeah. you could buy a digital download, and you're like, if studios keep doing this, this is they're them going to kill, kill their cin- own films at yeah. cinemas. Yeah, they're gonna because because it's I think they're saying they expect to make more money off streaming than they do in the cinema, and they're gonna kill them because quite frankly. 
why go to the cinema? Why spend all that money? Why leave your house? Like I said with the Flash thing, why spend time away from your family if you can yeah. just wait What's a that? month and see it at home? See it at home, yeah, exactly. It's not the same as possible. I was thinking about this because, um, as you mentioned about Bill Paxton, how we think about that actors who've died. Obviously, um, Julian Sands has been, his body has been found having, he went climbing in the mountains in California and he's yeah, just Julian Sands, he yeah. found this lick. And, um, one of my, my one of my, still one of my favourite films was The Room of the View. Mm. Um, it, I think Women of My Age is adored by women of my age because it came out normally. It came out in the mid eighties when we were just the right age to want to be swept up in this romantic film about Italy, about you know, discovering yourself, discovering your own truth, and truth and beauty as some of the themes of the film. And so I absolutely adored that film. But I was thinking about it today because I was reading a piece about. Um, Julian Sands and how, again, for women of my age, you know, that film was like the perfect film at the perfect time. Yeah. And I don't honestly think that film could be made today. I don't think it would be made today. It certainly wouldn't make it be made as a cinema film. Oh, yeah, and I don't know that it would be made as a, as a phenomenon that it was, that it was a huge film of its time. And, and sort of the Merchant Ivory sort of brand, you know, as this phenomenon that was for sort of 80s to mid 90s i don't think there would be a sort of merchant ivory um for today i just don't know that it would and which is a shame because i think each generation needs to have that sort of moment that cinematic moment where it's like goes yes this is my moment that where this film is just like sweeps you away and makes you fall in love with cinema yeah i think i think the way the cinema should go this is from my observation from what i've seen is that when I've seen the cinema most busy, most packed, has been when they do the anniversary showings. I went to The Thing, I went to the Robocop, I went to, and they were packed. I went to Lost Boys with you, and it was full up. Full up, wasn't it? Yeah, Lost Boys, that's right. So, I mean, for me, I think, you know, cinema (laughs) cinema makes more money from from the re-releases than it does from, from... Blockbuster new movies, you know. Well, if they decided to put Room of the View back at the cinema, I think you won't be guaranteed that it would be full of middle-aged <laughs> women. But it was, yeah, yeah. But I think it'd be it'd be middle-aged women have money. There. They still have money. They still want to. <laughs> they still want to be swept away into. I think they try to do it with nostalgia, but I think sometimes you just want a piece of quality filmmaking that makes yeah. you go, "Wow, but, this yeah. is why I'm here." I I, I think that essentially. I think Sean is onto something. I think there needs to be a radical rethink of how they do some of these things. They, I think if you're going to decide to release the film in cinema, leave a proper window before you release it on home. Give it, give it time to get a word of mouth. Give it time for someone to go, oh my God, I've got to avoid spoilers. I just can't have... Let's go to the cinema. Give some incentive to do that. But I think that there's also going to be, oh, like what Sean was saying, but a little bit different. Like, oh, I think there's the anniversaries. But then there's also the things that people have never seen on screen before. Yeah, things I think that that's right. I, I went to see the, the things I've never seen on the big screen before. Yeah, yeah. You, you need to you, you need to you need to big big up the fact it's going to be on a big screen. So, or you only ever saw this show, this TV show at home. Let's go and see this thing on a massive screen. And I think they should they should they should put more things in there. Yeah, because oh, well, I went to see the Wicker Man. I went to see the Wicker Man. I never yeah. thought about that because say, oh, did we talk about that or not? No, no we, we didn't. Did we talk? No, okay. We talked about it. You talked about it with we me. We talked about it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that film was 1973. I was 13 years old and I did manage to get to see it. But even though it had probably been digitized, it still had that real 
70s feel about it i don't know it was really and that was busy and that was yeah. a whole mixture audience that was really yeah. really busy so i guess it's a bit of a cult film so they must have made some money that night again that was busy and that was that was screen one as well so i mean you know, yeah, yeah, uh, but I think they need to rethink it. But at the moment, what they're doing is making zero sense. Yeah, uh, well, they, they, uh, they uh, and, and they put the film in every screen. You know, things come out. It's like you look at it's on every hour, like Indiana Jones. You know, I mean, it's just like why have it on every hour? Why not sort of add other stuff? Have them sort of bit sporadic, and then the, fill yeah. up the cinemas a bit, maybe. And put them on a better times for people to watch them as well. But never. Yeah, but, but, but we're going to go on uh, on our tight and trusted rants about cinema. Um, but um, but anyway, until next week when we will probably have seen Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And and we would have seen. I would have seen Asteroid City by then as well. Asteroid City. Um, uh, I'm hoping I think to I'm see that this week. I'm hoping to I'll, see both of them this week. I'm probably yeah. just going to go for Indiana Jones with my whole yeah. spending time away from my family thing. <laughs> but <laughs> until until that time, it's good. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Find us on um, Twitter, Netflix, via Cinema. Find us everywhere else, uh, Netflix, via Cinema, or YouTube, and all that kind of stuff. And tell us, oh. Tell us what you think about what we said. Like somebody who I will not mention said about us. And maybe we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> maybe we'll talk about that next time. What they said about our review about Queen Charlotte's uh, uh, A Bitchson story. We do not agree. But hey, it's all, about the, it's all about the discussion, isn't it? Until that time, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.